This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Repeat after me. The system is rigged. You need to know that. You need to understand that. What is rigged? Let's get into the details. The social media platforms, clearly rigged. Journalism, news media, publishing, like the major book publishers, rigged. Elections, censored. I can't say it, right? Can't say it. That's how censored they are, that you're not even allowed to talk about it. Or else you'll be banned from Google. There'll be a boycott against you. You'll cease to exist online. We want to talk about something being rigged. When you're not even allowed to talk about it, then it's really clearly set up against you. But then we have what's going on on Wall Street. Now, I want to explain this because this is the most fascinating story in many ways in America today. And I know a lot of you probably don't own stock, or if you do, you only have a 401k. And the, the stock market, we, we often think of it, the way the media talks about it, it's all a bunch of Republicans chomping cigars, you know, making millions. No. The stock market, in fact, is what allows people to retire, whether it's a 401k or a defined pension plan, because those pension obligations can only be met with the returns you get on the market, has a massive influence on on employment, on wages, who who companies can hire, how many, what they can pay them. Right. So we know that it's not just Wall Street fat cats running around with wads of thousand dollar bills slapping their butlers. That's not what Wall Street is. But let's take this as symbolic of our overall thesis today for the system is rigged or, or that this is perhaps the prime example of it right now. There is this trading app called Robinhood, of course, interestingly named, because, as we know, the apocryphal uh, apocryphal figure of Robin Hood stole from the rich to give to the poor. But in this era we live in now, it is possible for anybody who has a smartphone or a computer with Internet access to set up and start trading stocks, to start buying and selling a, a whole slew of different commodities. You can get into short selling. You can get into buying puts and calls and options and bonds, all kinds of stuff. Right? And as people grow older, they tend to be more interested in this because they have generally accrued more assets and they want to build more comfort in their retirement years, and, and they perhaps want to leave more for their families uh, and future generations. Okay, what's going on with GameStop right now? And AMC and BlackBerry in these stocks, why does it matter so much? Here's, here's the basic story we're told about Wall Street, uh, that there are these mega hedge funds that are making unbelievable amounts of money, you know, where, where a single hedge funder will make 10, 20, 50, maybe $100 million personally in a year. And some of the principals at these big hedge funds, they might make in the billions in a year, in one year. And they're not building some company that gives products to the whole world. They're not creating some service that everybody wants or needs. No, they are just a giant gambling machine. It's just a really sophisticated casino system. But the story that you, whether you're, you know, waiting for the kids to come home from uh, 
from school right now or your you know your your husband or your wife's coming home from from the office or you're driving a truck cross country the story you're told about wall street and by the way i come from a wall street family i had a father who went to harvard business school and graduated went right into wall street and spent over 30 years as a wall street guy um my my older brother, my little brother. I mean, we've got I've got Wall Street all over my family. I, I have the only one of the guys who's never worked for Wall Street. And they're all very clear eyed about what really goes on there and how it's changed over the years, too. And how, yeah, there are there are good things that happen. There's markets that need to be made. There's companies that need to raise money that then provide thousands of jobs. And, you know, this is not a one sided story. But there is a component of the story that you need to know right now, because it's also the story of the Democrat Party, of the elites, of the apparatus. And remember that these Wall Street mega billionaire funds are are the big money machines for the politics, the policies and the culture that we oppose here on this show. Right. All those. Annoying things. George Soros, where do you think he got his money? Massive financial speculation. So you may think this doesn't really affect you, but if you got kids in school, if you got a mortgage you're paying, if you are just operating in American society, I mean, maybe if you live fully off the grid, solar panels, well water, storable food, this lesson plan today is not necessarily applicable to you. For everybody else, this really matters. And I've been talking to the smartest people I know in finance about this in particular, this this story of the last 24 hours. And it's remarkable. So here's what's happened. You have these mega hedge funds. And the story that we're told is that they are just so smart and they understand things so much better that they can almost predict the future. Right. Or at least predict the future of stocks, of companies, of earnings. And they tend to be right now. A lot of a lot of hedge funds go bust. They go out of business. But the really big ones. Somehow, year after year, you're told they're just so much smarter than the general public. So, you know, you should just put your money in an in an, in an ETF. You should put your money in a CD. You know, don't don't get too uppity with thinking that you can also make decisions about stocks to buy. Well, now you have all these people who have been stuck at home for a year. Some will call them the Robin Hood bros named for the Robin Hood app. But, you know, I have different apps that I use as well. And I've become very involved in trading in recent years uh, of my own accounts. Not a lot of money, but I do think it's an interesting way to understand economics and finance in a much more fulsome way. So the Robin Hood bros steal from the rich, give to the poor. uh, They recognize something that there are these huge hedge funds that put these shorts on companies which means that they are selling stock in there, even sometimes where there are at least allegations of naked short selling, where they're essentially selling assets they don't already own. Now, the mechanics of this don't really matter all that much, except to understand that this suppresses the or or depresses the price of the stock in question. And it can destroy companies, including companies that have been very uh, harmed by the pandemic that are just getting by. So these hedge funds go around, they go, well, that company's really struggling. Let's put a big short on that one, which is essentially betting that they will fail, that they'll go down, perhaps even go bankrupt. And they make it more likely to happen because the stock price falls, more expensive for that company to borrow. You know, they, they're really kind of, these hedge funds are walking into companies, companies that you know, you know, AMC, BlackBerry, GameStop, 
And it's like the companies are on life support and the big hedge funds are grabbing, you know, grabbing the IV bag and and pulling it out of their arms saying, let's let's speed this along. Oh, okay. Well, these individual investors have all come together now on places like uh, Wall Street bets, uh, Reddit threads and uh, a, uh, you know, different different platforms online. And they've just said, you know what? We are going to go the opposite direction because they're so short that what they're doing is reckless. They're, in fact, selling more shares short of these companies than exist for the company out on the open market. So what happens is then they start buying and pushing the price up and up and up. The companies, uh, the, the hedge funds then have to cover the short and they start losing and they are losing. Here's the fun part of the story, friends. These hedge funds are losing billions and billions and billions of dollars. And you know what they've done? I thought that they were the masters of the universe. I thought they were the titans of, of Wall Street. They're going and crying to regulators, crying to uh, web-based communications companies saying, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. We're losing. We're supposed to be the rich ones. We're not supposed to lose money. Wait, I thought this was a market. I thought this was, you know, you win some, you lose some. Oh, no, they're not allowed to lose some. That's what you're seeing. And they've already gotten this. I mean, this is as clear a rigging of the financial system as you could see anywhere. They've gotten Robinhood to stop trading, uh, stop allowing trades of GameStop, which has soared over 1,700%. I think it hit $500 today, and then it dropped way, way, way down. Uh, but they've stopped trading of it. So they're effectively creating almost an artificial crash in the stock because people can't buy it. And so then you have all these people that are the short sellers and, and, and they're manipulating the market. This is overt manipulation of the market on behalf of rich jerks. But they're rich jerks who have a lot of power, have a lot of lawyers, send a lot of political uh, donation money around. And they really don't want people to figure out that they don't have some magic sauce. They're not a bunch of geniuses. They just have leverage and they use it. They just have the ability to manipulate and they do it. And people get hurt in the process. You know, you look at even somebody like Mitt Romney. I mean, there, there is a dark side to this finance. And there's a reason Mitt Romney, it did hurt uh, that he was a vulture capitalist, as they said, not a venture capitalist. When he was at Bain, because, yeah, what the what some of those private equity firms did as their business model, they'll say they turned around the company. A lot of the time what they did is they come in, they slash and burn, they fire a lot of people and they clear up the balance sheet a little bit. And then they take out a tremendous amount of debt, pay themselves and then they exit and then they leave and they say, all right, you know, that we're out of there. See you later. Well, it's like they've run up the company's credit card, gotten all the goodies and now they leave somebody else holding the bag. That's what private equity often does. Not always. Sometimes they do really turn companies around and, and build great businesses. And, and I understand that. But this this hedge fund short fund, uh, this hedge fund short selling situation is the clearest example that you can see right now of this is rigged. And that's a word you need to understand because social media is rigged. The economy is rigged. The markets are rigged. Elections are censored. Not allowed to say it. Right. You see this happening right before your eyes. 
There is no other explanation for it. People from these funds go on TV day after day. They go on CNBC. You know who's watching CNBC? Other people in the stock market, other hedge fund traders. And people go on and they're all colluding. They have these conferences, idea dinners, they call them. Well, they'll all say, you know what? We should all buy this stock. And they all buy. The price goes way up. And then they try to tell the general public, look at a great company it is. And then, then you and me using our apps or whatever, we put our, you know, $500 or $100 or whatever in the stock. And then, oh, enough of us do that. And the companies, this is a simplification. But then a lot of them will just sort of sell and they'll take their winnings. So hedge fund Owners and representatives can go on cable news, national news, and tell everybody to buy something. But if you and your friends gathered together and said, I think we should all buy this stock. I think we should all buy, you know, GameStop, for example, is the big one in the news right now. You'll get kicked off the Internet, or at least your your forum will get shut down. Your app will decide that you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to buy that anymore. Why? Because the rich, powerful buddies at the hedge funds are crying because they're losing money. This is just what the Biden administration does. This, this is exactly what you see playing out in our politics, too. You want to you win an election? You know what's a really good way to do it? Change all the rules in the election year. Change the rules about mail-in balloting. Change the rules about eligibility and who gets it sent to them and what signature matches happen. Control the system, and then when it goes your way, say you must abide by the system. That's what the hedge funders do. That's what Biden, that's what the Democrats do. The system doesn't work out for you, which we're seeing right now for these hedge funds. Then you know what you say? It's not fair. We have to change it so it does work out for us. You see this, friends? See how many places in American public life now it is, in fact, rigged? And this is one of these great stories where it's not about it's not about intersectionality. This isn't about, uh, you know, one group, one gender, one race, one anything, uh, you know, being exploited or being oppressive of another group. This is just about those with it, those with a lot of money, those with power versus everybody else. They want to continue to be able to extract from you with impunity. But as we saw in the bailout in 2008, their losses you pick up. Their losses are your problem. This has become the philosophy of the elites and the governing apparatus in this country, whether it's Wall Street, the Democrat Party, yes, even the Republican Party, or anything else. And it's one area where we can all come together and say, enough is enough. It's time we turn the tables. Stop letting the House always win even when the house should be losing this is the buck sexton show podcast follow buck on facebook instagram and twitter joe scarborough has become a full-on lunatic over at msnbc it's not even performative anymore i think the man is having some kind of an emotional and psychological crisis on national tv but here he is telling all of you if you're wondering whether it's an exaggeration to say that there's a vindictiveness and a score settling at the heart of the Democrat mentality right now. Joe Scarborough puts any of those doubts to rest because he's telling you, oh, no, they are coming after you. That's the whole point of this. Play 17. What if Ted Cruz just, turn the just said after 9-11, let's, you know what? Let's just pretend it's going to go away. Let's just forget about it. You know, 
9-11, where like, like, would Ron Johnson say, let's just forget about it. Yeah, they attacked the Pentagon. Yeah, they attacked. Let's just forget about it. That's what Lindsey wants us to do. He wants us to forget about the fact that people were bludgeoned in the head with an American flag because of Donald Trump. He wants us to forget that a cop was beaten to death. And the reason why the cop killer beat the cop to death was because they were inspired by Donald Trump to do so. Ted Cruz wants us to forget because he led the sedition along with Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. Forget, forget, you're out of your mind and you're not a conservative. That's how conservatives do not talk. We don't forget. If you attack our country, we go after you. We jail you. We throw away the key. What a maniac. <laughs> you needed to hear that just to see. This guy's on MSNBC. They're paying him millions of dollars a year to be a moron. And he's comparing, look, the Capitol Hill riot was a riot. A riot is not a mass casualty terrorist attack that killed 3,000 Americans in one day okay can we stop with the idiocy but no we can't the same way that they'll call detention facilities at our southern border concentration camps which they did under the trump administration as you recall they will continue to say that this capitol hill riot was our our 9-11 of domestic terrorists or something now you can try to ignore the rhetoric but that's really not in our interest right now because ultimately what they're hoping to do with this is mobilize it so they can actually come after us. This is not just rhetorical now, friends. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. So long as Donald Trump is the head of the Republican Party, uh, they are going to find themselves in the minority. They are going to lose races for the House and the Senate, especially after the insurrection attempt. Um, But it's also important to note that the threat to the country is not over, right? We still have 5,000 National Guard members surrounding the Capitol. Complex. Why? Because there are still existing threats, present threats to the security of the Capitol. Uh, and, and so, so long as Donald Trump is empowered by Senate Republicans, there is still the chance that he is going to incite another attempt uh, at the Capitol or stir up similar trouble at, at the state legislative level or in a governor's election when things don't go uh, his way. The threat is still very real to American democracy. It absolutely is not. This man is a joke and a liar, but the Democrats are doing this on purpose. This is creation of a perpetual emergency situation based solely on the preparations for an imaginary threat. There is no threat of a white supremacist insurrection takeover of the United States government in D.C. It does not exist. But they're keeping thousands of troops there saying that, oh, my gosh, we need these thousands of troops there because of this imaginary threat. And now it's turned into see what see what a threat we're under. Look at all those troops. Well, they're the reason the troops are there, but they're justifying the perception of a threat. Right. See, this is this is a chicken and egg situation. What's really happening here? They're just going to continue with this. Oh, look at how bad the security situation is because of Trump supporters. We have to have thousands of troops on the streets of D.C. It's horrible. It's awful. 
No, they don't have to have. They don't have to have any troops. They're lunatics, but they're also doing this for a purpose. They gain from this. There are benefits that they get from this. Namely, that they are mobilizing the government apparatus to go against Trump supporters, disfavored individuals, people that are on the wrong side of the elite establishment right now. And that brings me to the perhaps the, the most jaw-dropping example of this, and there are plenty of them you could point to, Douglas Mackey. He is apparently, I'd never heard of this guy uh, before yesterday. They say he's a notorious Twitter troll, and he, he was uh, arrested uh, yesterday on federal charges of election interference stemming from allegations over a voter disinformation campaign during the 2016 election. Okay, the charge says that he conspired with others to disseminate misinformation to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote, according to newly unsealed criminal complaint. The charges are potentially a, this is from NBC News, a tectonic shift and how the federal government tries to enforce laws against election interference. False claims about the election on the Internet and social media have been a major platform. Um, but there are few examples of such social media posts having been used as the basis for criminal charges. Do you, do you realize what they're doing here? They're, they're threatening to send, and they're not just threatening, they're trying to send somebody to federal prison for up to 10 years for posting election memes that are considered disinformation. Right? This guy put up memes apparently telling people, hey, you know, vote by text message at this number. Um, okay, that's this is now a federal criminal offense. Yeah, clearly you can't vote by text message. But is is now is is just lying uh, in general now? I mean, it used to be you had to lie under oath or you had to lie in, in, in a kind of transaction. So if you say something that is untrue about the election and you're, of course, you're a Republican, this guy's not a Democrat. They're going to come after you and they're going to consider locking you up. I mean, he was posting memes. He, he wasn't he wasn't defraud. He wasn't defrauding old people of their life savings. He wasn't, you know, posting child pornography. He was posting memes about an election. And they're going to send him to federal prison for 10 years. Really? Yes, really. Now, I've often said to you, and it's important to remember that they don't have to burn down all the villages. They only have to burn down one. Right. They don't have to make an example of everyone. They just have to find a person, pick that person, and then that becomes the message for everybody else once they've destroyed his life. And that's what they're doing to this guy. He's apparently a uh, Douglas Mackey is a, is, a, is a journalist, I believe, in some capacity. Um, you know, they say that he tricked 4,900 Democrats in vote by phone scheme. Uh, look, he he lied about people being able to vote a certain way. But I, I just want to know, where does this election inter interference claim end then? Could you be criminally charged for saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was real and that people shouldn't don't vote 
for Joe Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop is real because we know social media companies were saying that that was hacked or stolen information. It wasn't true. Is that election interference? Is that disinformation? The attack on free speech right now in this country is unlike anything else we have ever seen in our lives. And yet they are going after people in ways that are just out in the open. They're not even really trying to. Not even really trying to hide it at all. No, they're, they're, they're telling you this. They want you to know. Do you think it's an accident? This was the 2016 election. This was four years ago. Four years ago, and now they're bringing these federal charges? Now they're telling us about this? What the heck is going on? Well, what have I been telling you for years? Republicans get into power. Republicans run the DOJ, and we say, we're going to be good stewards of the Constitution, and we're going to give everyone equal protection under the law, and we're not going to do anything politically vindictive, and that's just who we are. And Democrats get into power. They have prosecutorial authority. They have the DOJ. They can investigate. They can bring charges. And they think, hmm, who can we crush so we are more powerful and our opponents are more fearful? That's how they approach government authority. And we wonder why we keep losing control of institutions, losing elections, even when the candidate they put up is a moron. We wonder why this keeps happening. They play rough. They play dirty. And we don't. This keeps happening. What do you think this begins now? What do you think the precedent is here? You can be sent to federal prison for 10 years for memes. Right now, you can you can lose access. And people have built whole businesses based upon on Twitter and on Facebook and these in these platforms. You can be completely booted off for disfavored political narratives about the election, about about covid. That's where I get into trouble. Who's right about covid more me or Fauci? The answer is me. And I'm just some, you know, rando doing a radio show. But Fauci's just not that smart. And he's a corrupt little bureaucrat hack. And he's a stooge for the Democrats. That's what's that's what's really happened in this country. He was a he was a deep state health authority. Don't you see? He's the James Comey of the National Institute for Infectious Disease and Allergy or whatever. That's who he is. But if you disagree with him, you get kicked off the platform. If you say the wrong thing, you're done. If you trade the wrong stock, if the rich and you see I'm bringing this full circle, you trade the wrong stock. Nothing illegal about it. But hey, we have important friends who are losing a lot of money because you want to buy this thing. So it's not really an open market. You can't buy any more GameStop. Sorry. That's what the Robinhood app has said. You know, and the, the head of the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ and all these places. Oh, we're going to look into this. Look into what? The greedy hedge fund bros got smacked around by the Reddit Robinhood bros. End of story. Too bad for them. Maybe they need to get maybe the hedge funders need to get a job where they contribute to society instead of to borrow from Matt Taibbi being the giant face uh, face attached blood sucking squid that a lot of the financial services companies really are. I think his line was the blood-sucking squid on the face of the U.S. economy, to get it right, but it's a great line. So, yeah, that's where, that's where this is right now. 
They're changing the rules of the game. Executive orders. Biden was saying last month or two, whatever, three months ago. Oh, you can't you can't just rule by executive order. No, sir. Can't just do it. Nope, nope. Not allowed. Got to pass legislation, period. No joke. Um, then he gets into power. And what does he do? A, a flurry of really serious executive orders that are just usurping the authority of the legislative branch and and almost taking upon himself two branches into one. The legislative and the executive merged into into the unitary executive. This is this is not good, uh, folks. This is all very troubling stuff, and it's happening even faster than I thought it would. But if they can lock somebody up for memes, I mean, if someone's dumb, first of all, what, what's the what's the charge if he says this was a joke? And I really mean that. All he's going to say, I, I mean, who's du- who's really stupid enough to think that you can vote by text because of something you saw on the Internet? I, you know, I, I, I would want to know who is really that dumb. And, and is it their fault for being that dumb? Or are we really going to blame people who are? You know, being um, provocateurs online about things like this. You know, if you say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to send you a product. Just, you know, give me your credit card. Well, that's fraud. If you don't send it to them, right, that's that's a that's an, a, a contract. That's an agreed upon transaction. If you put something online, that's not true. Look, I don't think that's ethical. I don't support this. But you're going that's election interference. Lying about an election on your personal social media page. Lying about an election is now a federal criminal offense, according to the Biden DOJ. Do you think that that's something we should pay attention to, especially considering they're also talking about the expansion of a domestic terrorism statute explicitly for the purpose of targeting Trump supporters who they refer to with this uh, preposterous white nationalist slur all the time. If you voted for Trump, you're a white nationalist terrorist. You know, you're you're one of those. That's what they're saying. Uh, this is all coming together, friends. This this is still the purge. This is just another phase of it. The elites can count on the Democrats, the super rich hedge funders. They're still going to, you know, they're still going to throw uh ten thousand dollar plate dinners to raise money for Kamala for when she's going to be president. And they're going to have celebrities show up and play their music. And Joe Biden, they're going to act like Joe Biden's cool. Joe Biden's a, a tool, but they're going to act like Joe Biden's so cool. Uh, that's all. That's all still fine. But you and me, we better shut up. We better not ask too many questions or Biden's FBI men may come to our door. You want to tell people the system is rigged? They'll show you how rigged it is from inside a cell. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, part of the lesson of the first impeachment trial for him was that he could shoot holes in the Constitution on Pennsylvania Avenue and get away with it because Senate Republicans were prepared to bury their heads in the sand. So that would be unfortunate, although there are a variety of other investigations, some civil, some criminal, that I believe uh, have the president in their sights. And we'll see what happens with those investigations. Uh, But every available option to hold him accountable for his actions uh, should be undertaken. But we're going to proceed in doing the business of the American people, both in terms of defending our democracy 
and building back better under the leadership of Joe Biden, Speaker Pelosi and Leader Schumer. And we're not going to be cowed by the domestic terrorists and the white supremacists and the enemy combatants who want to stop us in our tracks. That would be giving in to them. And that's not going to happen. Enemy combatants. He's saying that referring to Trump supporters. You get that, right? You will recall I was a CIA officer from 2005 to 2010. Uh, I, I know what people mean when they talk about enemy combatants, when politicians use that phrase. How long before they start saying that there should be like military tribunals for people involved in the insurrection at Capitol Hill? How long do you think it goes before that happens? They've still got thousands of troops deployed in D.C. It's all theatrics. It's absurd. You don't think they're willing to do it? Nancy Pelosi, AOC, AOC acts like there was about to be a mass slaughter of members of Congress. Have you seen the video of the riot? Because the people that got inside the building were, for the most part, walking around taking selfies like idiots. Now, I've condemned it, and I'm not going to keep saying I condemn this, I condemn this, but be very clear. It was wrong and dumb, but it wasn't an insurrection. And and to call people who were involved in an enemy combatants, they were unarmed. And how are they enemy combatants? They weren't fighting a war. It's it's amazing to see this this escalation. So what are we going to send them to Gitmo? Is that the next move? That's where all this is going. Can't you feel all the unity, by the way, all the healing? Oh, you want more of that? Here you go. Fake Tapper, uh, the, the worst, the worst man in the corporate media. Here he is. He loves to use this term. Um, MAGA terrorist play 14. So how did these domestic terrorists storm the nation's capital? The capital ransacked by MAGA terrorists, the assault perpetrated by the MAGA terrorists, the terrorists, the MAGA terrorists, MAGA terrorists, the deadly attack by MAGA terrorists, the MAGA terrorist mob. A terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol. Far-right domestic terrorism, a huge problem in this country. Nobody supports terrorist attacks, or I used to think that anyway, but nobody rational supports ter terrorist attacks. Should there be repercussions for your colleagues who played a role in inciting this terrorist attack? You can't have presidents of the United States inciting terrorist attacks yeah. on the Capitol. Can there be any doubt about what their intentions are here? Is this how you speak about people that you seek reconciliation and unity with you know what one of the issues that that's in the background of all this is intelligent people are, are already seeing and are going to see even more that joe biden is a moron and the democrats in charge are a bunch of ideologically driven snowflakes they're imbeciles they're not good at their jobs and it's going to be worse for the country so that's going to be happening and in the meantime they're going to try to get us all to shut up by telling us Oh, you're all a bunch of domestic terrorists and taking action against us. This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've known all along that John Kerry was going to be one of my favorite targets of criticism in this new administration because he's uh, such a pompous halfwit who loves the sound of his own voice and has really no accomplishments to point to other than marrying a very rich lady and running for office in a very safe district. John Kerry is a jackass. 
but he's the ultimate limousine liberal, too. So he's really useful as the climate change are, because if you were ever going to have somebody giving you gaseous speeches about the need to reduce gas in the atmosphere, John Kerry is he is in a class by himself. The, the Biden administration has come in and, and let, let's let's be very clear. They're, they're making dramatic changes to the economy with executive orders that are going to affect a lot of people. They're going to hurt people. They're going to put people out of work. They're going to have people who are going to be losing sleep. Their health is going to deteriorate. Their alcohol consumption, their weight is going to go up. Their families are going to be in a strain. They might get divorces. I mean, economics affects lives, folks. We all know that. And the Biden administration comes in. We're already suffering after 12 months of the pandemic and the lockdowns, which have made it all worse. They made it all worse. They have not made anything better. They made it all worse. Look at what's going on. It's very clear. Anybody who's honest is now, including people that disagreed in the beginning, are saying, wow, Buck, you were right about this. I know, but I didn't want to be right. I wanted this to not happen. But here we are. But while that's all going on, there's all these job losses and economic despair. What do they do? Oh, they turn around and they say, now we're going to add to those losses. We're going to make everything more expensive. We're going to hurt an essential domestic energy production industry. And when you're at when they're asked about it, what they're what they're going to say, and this is just remarkable, is a new version of learn to code, except now it's learn to make solar panels. That's the smug, detached. We don't care about you. Go blank yourself approach you get here. Here's uh, here's John Kerry talking about oil and gas workers who have already lost their jobs. These are union folks, by the way. I thought the Democrats cared about it. I thought Blue Collar Joe cared about unions. Union folks, listen to John Kerry. Play 10. Ben, what do you say to those who may be unemployed workers now? How do you get them into the mix? And how do you speak to the concerned oil and gas workers as well? We need to put them to work. We need to absolutely put them to work. We need to keep them in their communities where they live. We need to make sure that the factories are coming to those communities, whether it's a new electric car factory or it's making blades for windmills or turbines or whatever. We have great need for people to work in this field. And and it's critical. I've had I've had conversations with some of my friends involved in this about how we could create some demonstration projects in those communities so people can see it's not just political talk it's actually real economic policy that has a consequence a positive one on their lives how long before they start talking about shovel-ready jobs again remember that in the obama administration there were no shovel-ready jobs remember when the obama administration which we're just this is just obama redux is what we're getting now we're back to we're back to, you know, 2009. That's where we are, except instead of a financial crisis, we have a pandemic crisis that's being exploited to the maximum by the Democrats. And we could be on the precipice of a financial crisis, too, unless some things turn around. But conversation more for another day. They talk so much about how green energy was all these jobs, all this prosperity, as if they know a damn thing about the markets, as if the people talking about this stuff really know what it means to be a worker, a laborer in any of these industries. You know, John Kerry, oh, just go from, you know, you go from working on a on a pipeline to building uh, solar panels. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's just that easy, huh? Like, like these people don't have any skills, seniority. 
relationships, things that they've built up in their business. You know, you know what a petroleum engineer makes average salary nationwide? About a hundred grand. A hundred grand. Not bad. That's nice. Do you know what a petroleum engineer makes coming out of school year one on average? Just shy of 80, about 80, about 80 K. Oh, all right. So, so the, the solar panel guy is going to be making that. No, of course not. Manufacturing jobs and things like solar panels are, are going to be a very different pay scale. They're a much smaller market, but does John Kerry? No, he doesn't care about any of this. He's saving the planet. You're a little rinky dink petroleum job. As far as John Kerry's concerned, that doesn't matter. They got a planet to save. Shut up, peasant. Be grateful. Be thankful that this is where it is. Well, I got to say, this is uh, not exactly what a lot of us had in mind with this new technocratic Biden administration. We probably all knew that was a joke. We all knew that was a laugh. Nobody's really going to take that seriously. Um, John Kerry did say one thing I wanted to point out, and that is that while we are doing all these self-inflicted, unnecessary wounds to our economy in this country. Uh, the truth is that it doesn't do it. It doesn't do a darn thing to the global emissions rate, really, not in a meaningful way. Play 11. The uh, stakes, the stakes on climate change just simply couldn't be any higher than they are right now. Uh, it is existential. We use that word too easily and we throw it away. But uh, we have a big agenda in front of us on a global basis. And President Biden is deeply committed, totally seized by this issue, as you can tell by this executive order and, and by the other, uh, the initiative of getting back into Paris immediately. That's why he rejoined the Paris Agreement so quickly, because he knows it is urgent. He also knows that Paris alone is not enough, uh, not when almost 90 percent of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow, and the problem isn't solved. We could go to zero emissions tomorrow. The problem is not solved. But isn't it funny how Californians think, oh, like I'm just lessening my CO2 footprint. I'm going to save the world. I really believe that. It's, it's, a, it's a lunacy. I mean, this is a disorder of sorts. Uh, climate change does have so many similarities to mass cults of the past. I mean, people think that there there are, uh, you know, it's very similar to religions. There's an end of days myth. There's a there's a system of indulgences. There are high priests. Right. It's uh, there, there's a lot that goes on here. They've even had, as you know, these weird videos where people will apologize to trees and plants and things that actually exists. I know you're thinking that's true. It actually is real. I'm sorry, Mother Earth, for cutting down your trees. And I just wish people would, if they're, if they're going to be spiritual, find something worthwhile to be spiritual about. You know? But they won't do that. And this is enormous when it comes to the, uh, the economic implications for the country. Because what Biden's doing is he's sheltering the Democrats in Congress from having to actually deal with the backlash against their stupid decisions if they were to go with climate change biden does it himself he's locked in for four years or until kamala decides to take over for him and he steps down so th that's he's got free reign to do all these things they're even telling you this uh, you got um 
Michael Mann saying, not the director of movies, but uh, saying that Biden's Green New Deal is coming through executive order in a sense. Play 15. You know, again, there were some critics even in the environmental community um, who, uh, for example, want to see a very expansive uh, climate plan, a Green New Deal-like climate plan. And frankly, in a divided Congress, a 50-50 Senate, it may be very difficult to see that sort of legislation pass Congress. But what Joe Biden has done is basically go as far as one could go through executive actions to implementing something that looks a lot like the Green New Deal. And one of the things I really like about this plan, it does, uh, you know, it does recognize that there are folks who uh, may tend to get left behind when we undergo a transition away from our current energy systems towards a, a renewable energy economy. And so there are very tangible uh, efforts uh, that are outlined in this plan to make sure that we help out uh, those communities um, through retraining programs and through assistance so that they don't get left behind as we make this necessary transition uh, away from our reliance and burning of fossil fuels. What he means is the government's going to spend a whole lot of money and give it to favored constituencies and identity groups and so on and so forth while they're making this transition because it puts the government in charge of so much. Energy is the lifeblood of our economy. Fossil fuel is the lifeblood of our economy. But they want to move that over to this green and renewable nonsense, which, look, do I think that in 50 or 100 years, you know, we'll, we'll, all, we'll have new energy sources and there won't be, it'll be very clean. And it, yeah, of course. It's been that I, I keep saying this because it's true. Our energy sources go and look at the history of what we have used from the origins of the Industrial Revolution to present. Look at how much cleaner are our primary energy sources and the way we use those energy sources, even as importantly, have become. We used to we used to be all coal. I think of ships, trains, early Industrial Revolution, machinery. Coal was the way that. We were, which is, you know, is, is, is very dirty and bad for the environment. And all right, so it was coal. And, and then we moved more into uh, oil. And then we had nuclear, but the left shut down nuclear because they were scared, even though nuclear is a wonderful power source. And the French, I mean, European countries have used this with tremendous effect. But we had to, uh, and, and our nuclear reactors should be several generations advanced beyond where they are because the environmentalist left the bunch of you know pink paradise put up a parking lot you know the whole left-wing 70s kumbaya we can't have you know big oil and we can't have uh, nuclear power plants in this country they shut down nuclear power plant uh, growth and which was terrible and and bad for the environment anyway but we had that power source then then for political reasons we didn't use it and now we're at natural gas which is far cleaner as it burns than oil. So, I mean, this process is already happening. And if you want to go even earlier in the Industrial Revolution, we used to use whale oil, which is a really inefficient and really hard to get and expensive that was used for lighting, for, uh, for candles and for, you know, uh, the lamps. Then we switched to kerosene. The discovery of oil in uh, Pennsylvania was really one of the first places that we had a real oil business in America. Anyway. Fascinating history of energy in this country exists, but nonetheless, they're trying to do this great leap, this great green leap forward with technology that isn't there yet for mass usage. If you care about quality of life, if you care about standards of living, if you care about making money and efficiency, it's not there yet. 
but they want to try to force it at the government level. Let me tell you this. Do you think a government that cannot distribute vaccines to people in a way that is anything short of a debacle? Do you think that government is going to make really smart investments with your tax dollars about the green technologies of the future? John Kerry's never run a business. These people don't know what the heck they're doing. But they do know, and this is what this guy says, they're getting what they want. They're just getting it through executive order, which was always the way this was going to be. And the usual checks and balances on this no longer apply because people in the media are completely on board for whatever the Biden agenda is. And people in the um, people in the rest of the judiciary. I mean, I know there was this Fifth Circuit judge in Texas, but in general, judges are going to be afraid. They don't want to disappoint their peers. They don't want mean things said about them. They're not going to stop the Biden overreach. Yeah, Joe Biden, such a moderate going to do all the, all the the really smart good things we're getting a green new deal here with the stroke of joe biden's pen and it's every bit as stupid and counterproductive and economically costly as many aspects of the aoc advanced green new deal would be which anybody with an iq over a toaster knows doesn't really include include aoc uh was a document that was laughable but yet now they're implementing it. 